You're listening to the Run the Riot podcast, where we talk about all things ultra running. I'm your host, David Terrio, and man, I'm pumped that you are here. Let's see what we can get into today. My friends, welcome to the Run the Riot podcast. And this week on the podcast, we've got Trevor Metting. Uh, Trevor's running out of Texas, but he's originally from Alberta area. And uh, so he's been in Texas, I think he said around five years. I think uh, he is addicted to running ultra marathons. He has, you look at his ultra sign up, you'd think he'd be been running ultras for like, I don't know, 20 years, but <laughs> he's, he's got a bunch, but I love it. Uh, he's got a lot of experience running in the short time that that he's been been running ultra marathons and so uh i just love his story it's like so many of us he drank the kool-aid and then and then he's been at it but he's run some he's he's done some great races he's part of the the trot group the trail racing over texas he's one of their guys uh man he's done a lot and we get to talk about a lot of the cool races some of them that we've both done and uh some others that that uh that he's done that i want to do and he's got some great things in store for next year so real quick before we get started let's talk about our sponsors. Uh, so first, we've got to just got to give a shout out to Runners World Tulsa. Um, man, if you're in the Tulsa area, if you live there or if you drive through it, you need to go to Runners World Tulsa and just walk through. Check out what they have. You need shoes? They got shoes. You need clothes to run in? They got clothes. You need a light? They got lights. You need nutrition? They got nutrition, electrolyte, whatever. You need it to run. And when you go there, you need to walk in. When you look right when you walk in on the left, there are a bazillion buckles that Kathy Bratton, who's been on the podcast, by the way, uh, you need to check that one out if you hadn't heard it. Uh, she's got all her buckles and some of her medals and stuff there. I remember going in before I knew who Kathy was when I first moved to the area and I was like, man, somebody here is addicted to 100 milers. And I met Kathy and yeah, she's addicted to 100 milers. So <laughs> she's, she's awesome. Uh, all the crew there is great. Uh, they are great and they will help you out with whatever you need. Uh, if you don't live in the area, you can always go to www www.runnersworldtulsa.com. Check out what's in the store. You can check out uh, races that are going on in the area so you can come to the Tulsa area and race. Uh, Also, we are brought to you by the Outlaw race series. You go to www.outlaw100.com. Man, you want to run some great races, put on by some great people. Uh, you need to check it out. It is home of the Flat Rock Triple Crown that includes the Winter Rock that they just had. Um, and, um, the Lake McMurtry Run, Flower Moon, Dark and Dirty, Thunderbird, uh, and of course the flagship is the Outlaw 100, and they also have a 135. Um, pretty crazy, uh, but pretty awesome. Very technical, uh, hundred miler and hundred and thirty five miler. Um, I hear so much about it. I've got to run it one day, Jeremy. I will run it one day. Okay, it's just this journey. February 14th, man. It's and it's around uh, Valentine's Day, which is also my anniversary. So, you know, I'll figure out a way to do it. All right. Lastly, we're also brought to you by T8.run, the letter T, the number eight, run. It's gear for ultra runners by ultra runners. Uh, flagship product are their commando shorts. Man, they, they, there are some like liners that go underneath your running shorts, guaranteed to keep you chafe-free for men and for women. Uh, man, you got to check those out. They are great. Um, so go to www.t8.run. And when you order, if you 
put in the code 50 dash run the riot. Yes, that number is 50 dash run the riot. You get a discount. So so go ahead and check that out. Uh, also, always as always, uh, man, rate the podcast. You know, go to iTunes and put a little star, the five stars on there and say what you like about the podcast. Share it with other people. Uh, if you're getting something out of it, share it with other people. Say, hey, check this out. Um, yeah. And then you can always check out what's going on with the podcast, what's going on with, with me and racing and all that stuff at uh, www.runtheriot.run. All right, guys. Well, we're ready to get started. We're going to talk with Trevor. Uh, he was about to have a storm out there in Texas where he was. And so there's a few little spots, I think, where his internet went kind of hokey. And uh, there were some pauses. And I think I got them all cleaned up out of there. Um, but if you notice, if there's any time where there there seems to be just like a little gap in our conversation, this only happens a, a I think a couple of times, uh, please forgive me. Um, we couldn't tell it was there until afterwards. And, um, you know, you can't just recreate the whole thing. So, uh, but man, a great podcast, great guy. He's done a lot. Uh, you, you can hear that, that, um, Canadian accent come out a little bit. It's pretty cool. Cajun talking to a Canadian, man. It's awesome. Uh, anyway, uh, enjoy the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, Trevor Metting. So what's going on, Trevor? How you doing, man? Good, thank you. Thanks for uh, inviting me on. Happy to be here. Yeah, man. Well, um, so uh, as we as we said before I started recording, man, I saw you know kind of you're on my radar. Saw what you were doing. We've run some uh, some of the same races, sometimes uh, different times, and uh, and I looked at your ultra sign up and I was like, man, this guy's been busy. I'd like to talk to him. So <laughs> so thanks for you know thanks for taking the time to to join me on the podcast, man. Absolutely. Happy to be yeah. here and happy to share some uh, insights and uh, my journey. Yeah, awesome, man. Well, um, so the, I, I guess the main one that uh, and we can we'll start by talking about it, I guess. But the main the main race that uh, that I noticed uh, was was Silver Heels, because I guess this year's just been so weird to, to be able to race. And I was so thankful to be able to get out and, and do Silver Heels. And uh, and, and, you know, it's kind of a first I don't know, kind of big race with COVID for me, you know, the other ones I did that did this year were pretty small. And, um, and so it was, it was interesting. What were your, what were your thoughts on, on silver heels, man? You did a great job on it, by the way. Yeah. Thanks. Um, yeah, that was, uh, well, I guess basically we're what eight, nine months into our pandemic right now. And so basically that's basically in the middle of, uh, the pandemic timeline so far. And, uh, at the time I thought, you know, probably like everyone else, it only lasts a month or two, and then we'd be back to relatively normal circumstances. So I ran in uh, in March in uh, Tennessee. was my last 100, which was like right before the uh, lockdowns and shutdowns started for the pandemic. And I thought, I didn't even really think about it. And then, um, yeah, and then everything was canceled. And there was no races and I'm someone who likes to race, as you might see by my ultra sign up. I'm not yeah. a big trainer. I just like to race, <laughs> stay in yes. shape that way. So, yeah. And then uh, by the time July came around, I saw the HPRS um, Human Potential Running Series uh, had their race was still, you know, they were allowed their permits. And I was it's like, well, that's pretty cool. And go out to a small mountain town. I could probably stay distance from everyone and still yeah. be able to run. And so with uh, with the blessing of my family, I, 
I traveled out there by myself. I slept in my own car, stayed away from everyone and, you know, followed their uh, COVID protocols, which, you know, I think they're one of the few series that put on all their races, if not the only one. Um, yeah. So I was happy to, to get out there and, and be safe and, and run in the mountains. And yes, uh, very challenging for someone coming from sea level, as you, yeah. you're probably well aware of. Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm currently living in Sugarland, Texas, which the elevation is, I think, uh, 75 feet. Oh, <laughs> so, nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, it, uh, but uh, I, I'm originally from, from Canada, Alberta, so I'm, I'm used to a little bit of elevation, but I've been here for four years. So anytime I go somewhere else now, a little higher up, it's, uh, it's quite the difference. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, that that was um i had done the uh i did the uh the 50 miler there um a few years back and it it, it beat me up so i i went into it kind of knowing you know and i just did you just show up the day before kind of i did i think yeah. it was uh i think that was that what a friday morning no that was saturday morning start but i traveled on thursday okay i, I took thursday friday off i traveled on thursday so it was about a 15, 14 15 hour drive for myself yeah um, I traveled on Thursday, slept in my car. I got up Friday and actually did some trail work with them. Oh, nice. Because um, uh, we were required to do trail work for that uh, race, right? Or yeah. or volunteer work this year. They allowed you to do flexibility. But I uh, I came to the race and just uh, took some shears and went and trimmed a trail, basically social distancing from everyone. They very well organized that way and able to give back a little bit anyway. Yeah. Um, so I guess I had 36 hours before the race. I showed up, give or take. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's so they, you know, they say you just show up, show up right before, or if you can't do. I, I, at the beginning of the race, I was running with a guy from from France, I think, and and uh, he said uh, he said, when did you get here? You know, in his French accent, and I was like, yesterday. And he said, oh, I was like, how long you been here? He's like, 15 days. I was like, man, I, I I don't have that time, man. I can't, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's the two extremes, right? Uh, I've, yeah. I've heard that too, either right before or or adapt for as long as you can. <laughs> well, um, so like, I think uh, you know, mentality-wise, I went into it knowing it was going to just be a grind, you know. Um, and I'm the kind of guy, you know, if I'm going and race it, uh, and and then it turns into a grind, it messes with me a little bit. So I went into <laughs> it like, all right, it's just going to be a beating, it's going to be a grind. And so how did how did you? I mean, did it affect you? The elevation affect you pretty pretty good. So I've I've run in Colorado once before. Um, <laughs> like I mentioned, I'm from Alberta, so uh, Alberta, Canada originally. So I've been, uh, you know, which is only where I grew up was like mile high 3,000 4,000 feet N not significant right but uh yeah yeah used to get out to the Rockies a little bit growing up but uh ever since I started running only four or five years ago I haven't really been up to elevation a lot so I've been to Colorado once before in 2019 where I did okay yeah uh, I ran the uh the Trans Rocky run right six days yeah. and you get up over 12,000 feet a few times and you're sort of at 10,000 feet for the week I never really felt horrible there, so I wasn't too concerned about the elevation. So I know some people have a really hard time with it, and others are are okay. So I think maybe I'm just lucky, genetic-wise, in yeah. terms of adaptation. But uh, no, I knew it was going to be a tough challenge. Still, like it's not. I'm not saying <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. it's one for one. You just, uh, just keep your same pace and go. And like, no, of course not. This is a tough mountain race. Lots of climbing. So I, I went in with that same mentality. Yes, it's going to be hard. And um, it was. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. a challenging race. It was a great, 
great loop, uh, lots of out and back. So you got to see some people, but uh, climbing all the different passes and, uh, and stuff out there. I, I enjoyed the course. It was very scenic. Yeah. Um, and lots of grinding, like just like you said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you get to go to go to uh, the the Silver Heroes Mine, you know, and, and yeah, it's twice. Kinda, kinda, yeah. yeah, twice exactly. You get two different wristbands. I got mine somewhere. <laughs> yeah, mine are sitting on my uh, my shelf there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool, man. Well, um, so so well, let's let's rewind, man. Um, so you said you've only been running five years because I I was looking at your ultra sign up and I saw your first ultra was in in. Your first on the ultra sign up was in 2016. So, um, man, all right. So let's let's go way back. You're you're in Canada as as a young man. What, what are, are are even a kid? You're athletic. You're doing stuff. Are you running? You're doing track or what, what kind of, you know, background so, do you have? Yeah. So growing up, um, typical um, Canadian boy, I guess, uh, played a lot of golf and uh, soccer in the summers. Okay. Uh, which are only three to four months <laughs> with <laughs> yes. a nice summer yeah. summer window. And yeah. then, of course, uh, lots of hockey in the winter. Um, so just grew up. Yeah, I was, I was always active playing different sports, but those are my main sports. Yeah. Um, never never running. Come from a very small town. Never had a track team or anything like that. I was never interested in running per se. I, I just stayed active. Golf was my main thing growing up until I was in my basically my mid twenties. So I was always walking and on my feet, but I was never running or, or pursuing anything like that. Yeah. We've got a golf course near here and, uh, I've, I've never played a round of golf. And, uh, so the only time I'm on it is early before everybody starts, I'll run, I'll go run the, <laughs> the run the paths on it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, just, just never did it, man. Never did it. Um, so what, how did, I mean, so what got you into, to, to running trails and then running ultras, man? Yeah. So, yeah. So like I said, I pursued golf for, for a while and then I went to university, um, graduated university in, uh, in Edmonton, Alberta. Yeah. Got a degree in, uh, in science and never did anything with it. Went and worked in the oil field and from after that to make some money and, and pay for my, uh, bills <laughs> and, uh, basically spent my entire twenties in the, um, the oil fields up there in Alberta. Okay. Which is sort of a common, uh, path for a lot of people. There's Scott. a big industry up there, yeah. similar down to here into Texas, which is, uh, what later brought me down here actually. But, uh, okay. What would you, yeah, so, what'd you do? I'm just curious. Cause I'm, I'm from South Louisiana and that's, I mean, it's the same thing as, is there in Texas, huge. Oil yeah. Field. yeah. Yeah. So I was a equipment operator and I worked my way up to uh, mid level management before I moved down here in a um, oil field services uh, company. So I worked nice. out in the field. Okay. Um, basically in my entire twenties and into my thirties, went well, into my thirties before I moved down here. So, but yeah, basically I just worked and uh, my my off time was spent as uh, golfing and and partying and not much really organized activities. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah, I was I was single all the way up until uh, in my twenties. Um, I met my wife uh, later on um, when I, when I started at the end of the twenties into my thirties. So that sort of reined me in a little bit and. Uh, we met her. She's a uh, she's an American, and we happened to meet on a random trip, and that uh, we've been together ever since. But that got me on my path to family life, let's say. Um, yeah. You know, it's uh, 
it's a great blessing in disguise, but I was still working in the field at the time, still working in the oil field industry. And then um, eventually, you know, as we discussed, we wanted to eventually move back to the U.S. Uh, my wife's from California, um, so we eventually wanted to come down here somewhere. Um, and with my company, it's large enough that the, the transfers and stuff are allowed. So eventually we moved to the States and um, it was just before that time that I decided I better start getting in shape, sort of that midlife crisis. Well, hopefully not midlife, but uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. my, pre, my pre early, life. <laughs> yeah, my early thirties, um, uh, have to look back at my, my running logs, but I think it was basically the end of, uh, 2015 started 2016 I decided I needed to do something active and um, I, I I randomly signed up for a uh, a half marathon oh wow which was like um, I, I think when I signed up it was like January or February and and it was a, a March end of March target date so I basically oh, wow. had like eight weeks nine weeks or something it was either eight or nine weeks and I have no formal training. I might have uh, done one or two runs a week at the treadmill on uh, while I was at work trying to pretend to be in shape. But that, that was like all I was doing. Yeah. And, and there were maybe like four or five miles each, right? So I was not totaling any mileage. Yeah. Um, and so that small half marathon sign up um, encouraged me to download uh, the Nike Plus app is what I started tracking all my miles with initially. Yeah. Nice. And uh, and I started training for this half marathon following this Nike uh, Plus guide that told me I need to run this for for this. And I think it was like a 16-week a program and I was already on week eight when I when I joined. So I uh, <laughs> I went from, from, from exactly. So I went from nothing to uh, at least attempting to work up to this half marathon, which uh, I stuck to it. I like following plans and, uh, and numbers. So it wasn't horrendous. I was able to do it, but uh, I don't know, just something about getting outside and running and it got to me. And so, so how, I mean, you did, you did the half marathon. uh, I mean, how did it feel? You know, I mean, did you, I like to ask when somebody does their first half marathon or marathon, you know, did, did did it beat you up or did you just handle it pretty good? Nothing like, uh, nothing, it didn't beat me up because I don't remember any severe pain or, yeah. I mean, I, I could still walk at the end of it. Um, we had our uh, our first daughter at this time. She was either, th- what year is it? So she would have been uh, three and a half or so. Um, so just seeing my wife and my and my oldest daughter at the finish line was a huge boost. And yeah. I don't, it, it didn't hurt that much because, um what I did the following weekend was to sign up for another half marathon because <laughs> I, th- I thought I could go faster yeah. and I didn't know any better not to sign up. Um, um, I didn't know any other runners. I didn't know there was a, you're only supposed to do two or three of these a year. You're supposed to train hard and for a long <laughs> <Yeah>. time. <laughs> nice. So I guess that's what uh, started my snowball into the, uh, the crazy world that I'm in now. Yeah. Yeah. But, so um, when d- yeah. So you go for, I mean, road racing, you know, that's kind of a, you, if, if you're, even if you don't know a lot of people, you see it, you know, and it's kind of on the, on TV, you see people running and you can kind of glean a lot of information and, um, from that. And so, um, how, where did, where did that switch happen from the road to like, Hey, there's trails and then, Hey, there's past ultra marathons, you know, like, and, and, and then why did, why did you jump into that? <laughs> 
Yeah, so so that happened quite quickly after those. So I finished the the second half marathon that next weekend. So I had two half marathons under my belt, and I was like, "Wow, this is pretty fun." Um, because I think I shaved off like three minutes from my time, so I was like ecstatic. Yeah. Because I didn't know any better, and but uh, and I so then I immediately started looking around for other races. Um, and I didn't use Ultra Sign Up yet because I didn't know what it was, but I just started looking at these local website sign up things and and i discovered one that was uh not on roads and so i was like oh that sounds kind of cool and it just in- instantly intrigued me um like i said always being outdoors uh golfing my whole life prior to this and and uh, i grew up on a small acreage so i was always outdoors playing as a kid too yeah uh and that, that just sounded fun to me and so that was the next step and then as soon as I signed up for that and ran it, I don't think I've run. Why? Well, no, I've run one other road event since. Um, but but basically that was it. As soon as I found the trails, I've uh, I haven't looked back except for nice. when I have to cross pavement in these events or something like that, <laughs> <laughs> crossing the road or, or running alongside the road. But well, looking at your ultra sign up and. Um, I know they're not all listed on there, but since, so in 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 these past in these years since 2000, I guess 16 end of fifth, I guess fifth, end of 15, 16, you've done 70 ultra marathons since then. So like you just you drank the Kool Aid and jumped in with both feet and and like I'm gonna do this thing and uh, it was like I don't know like a lot of us is like crack or something. You just you gotta do this, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yep. That uh, first half marathon, like I said, was in March of 2016. Um, okay. And then that first trail event, I think, was in August of 2016. And then uh, my first ultra event. No, sorry. My first ultra event was that year as well, August of 2016. Um, that one's not listed on there. It was a, a small three-day ultra, totaling like 45 miles. So. Yeah. Some might classify as an ultra, some might not be in a, a multi sort of a mini series event, but um, multi-day event. But for me, that was an ultra. I've never done that much distance at once. Yeah. I think it was yeah. like 46 miles or something. Nice. But then my first true ultra, like you said, it's uh, October of 2016 is on there, that first 50K. And I see you were still you were uh, in uh, still in Canada at the time. Yeah, correct. Uh, like I said, I'm, my job brought me down to uh, to Texas here, um, but not until the end of 2017. So okay. if you see a lot of my results um, through all the way to the end of 2017 are basically in, in Canada, um, summer in California where uh, where we often take uh, vacation visiting my wife's family and I've, I've run some races out there. But then uh, ever since then, more or less, they're in Texas or uh, spread around to different spots I've uh, tried to explore and, 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 and get to by racing. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that too, man. And it's one of my, my – my, I don't know, just something I love to do is to, to show up in a place I've never been and run 100 miles, you know, <laughs> just run, 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 run an ultra, you know. It's a, it's a beautiful way to get to know a place. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm, I don't need a ton of preparation. Um, when I first started out, I, I'm, I still remember my first hundred, I made this fancy spreadsheet with all these fancy splits of A, B, C, D, and <laughs> quick, quickly you learn that that's just basically useless. So, um, <laughs> yeah. 
I, I've learned to uh, sort of fly fly by the seat of your pants, which is uh, probably a great thing for ultra running. Um, you're just problem solving on the go, as you as you might know, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's nonstop, and that, that's all part of it. New trails, new adventure, new place. Uh, that stuff um, intrigues me, and is a lot of the draw for for some of the races I choose now. Yeah. Now, now, do you, uh, one of the reasons I, I still do spreadsheets, like on a lot of the, uh, on the basically the races, my wife is going to crew me cause I, I do it for, so that she knows about when, you know, I'm going to be somewhere, but you know, she knows that, Hey, we might halfway through, we might have to make major adjustments, you know? Um, but, uh, but I, you know, I like, I like the, you know, the spreadsheets and things like that and, and preparation. And, um, but I did see on, on, on your blog, you had some posts on there, you know, where you had some spreadsheets and some things like that. So I was like, ah, I can relate to that. You know, it's, it's good to have a little, you know, kind of little, a little plan, even though, you know, it, it might go out the window pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I guess I sort of do it in my mind. Mm-hmm whether I write it down or not, um, sort of like you said, when I first started, um, like I said, I mentioned my, my oldest daughter was like uh, three and a half when I, when I started. Um, since then, we've had a few more kids. Uh, um, we have uh, four daughters, so my wife is often very busy. Yes. But the first initial couple of years, she would come to a lot of events and, um, and crew and help out. So, yeah, sort of similar to what you're saying if, if they're there i'll try and give them at least a ballpark of you know where what time they might expect me to see and whatnot but uh the last couple of years it's been it's been really hard for them to get to any events yeah um, yeah because of uh just the family logistics so often i'm traveling by myself and i usually just self-crew or or run solo but yeah. uh, we run one here uh in, in Texas, Brazos Bend, just outside of the Houston area, which is like 35 minutes from my door. I've run it every year since uh, we've been here. Nice. Kid, kids love that one because it's uh, so close and they can come see me and then they can go home, get into bed, and then they can come back out to see me finish. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. When I was, when I was uh, Brazos Bend, was that your first 100? That was my third 100. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. That was my second 100. I, so we, I did one in uh, in Canada called the River Valley Revenge first. Okay, um, never heard of, never heard of that one. So tell me tell me about your your preparation uh, for your first for that one for your first hundred and how you know how it went. Yeah, so um, I have to look at see what number of ultra that was, but uh, because uh, like I said, it ramped up quite quickly. Yeah. So I did that first fifty k at the end of two thousand sixteen, and I did. One other, so I did my third ultra the end of 2016, which was 100K. So my third ultra was 100K. Nice. Which I managed to finish, which is always my goal. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and actually, I think after I finished that one, because I'd been running with this group called uh, ETR, Edmonton Trail Runners. Okay. Um, They're one of the ones responsible for my trail running because uh, they put on that first trail race I found. Nice. And that's and, just uh, north of where, where you're from originally, right? Once I finish that 100K. Oh, did you? Correct. A, yeah, yeah, if anyone's familiar with, um, yeah, you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, we're good. It was just a lag for a minute. It's good. Yeah, I blame the storm coming in. But Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Edmonton Trail Runners, um, like you were just asking, um, yeah, if anyone's familiar 
familiar with Alberta, Canada. You know, there's two major cities, Edmonton and Calgary. I basically grew up right between them. Um, and the Rockies are like two hours west of that. So nice. great spot. But uh, yeah, the Edmonton Trail Runners put on uh, a couple events and their um, an inaugural 100 mile event was uh, in 2017. Um, and so once I finished that hundred K, I just, something drew me to, wow, that's pretty cool. I didn't even really know hundreds existed at that point and they were going to put one on. So, so they hosted that and they've held it every year since, uh, I've run it twice. Um, only finished it the first time, but, uh, it was a, it was an amazing event. Um, if anyone's ever in that area, I highly recommend it. What's the name of it again? It's called the River Valley Revenge. Okay. It's run in in the River Valley of Edmonton. Um, and it, the River Valley itself hosts 160 miles of a single track trail. Wow. So it's, it's I think it's one of the, their claim was, it was it's, uh, it's an entirely interurban single track 100 miler with all within the city limits. Like it's all basically run along the riverbank. Oh, that sounds that sounds pretty cool. That's unique, man. Yeah, yeah, and they they got the trail system there is uh, is is amazing, and what, so it's it's up and down the river valley, so it's not exactly flat either. So there's lots of climbing. It wasn't ridiculous, but it's not uh, it's not flat by any means. So yeah. So what did you do as far as um you know preparation? I, I know probably you know training wise, uh, you sound like you were just you were almost yeah. racing to train, but you know, but but you know nutrition drop bag all this stuff because when you i mean you did 100k and that's that's a that's a pretty big animal but when you step up to the 100 you know your nutrition your just all those things kind of just exponentially you know you gotta you gotta work with that stuff you know so so how did you you know how did you prep for it did you wing it (laughs) yes and no i mean um I mean, I remember, I remember my picture of me packing for it. Like there was a giant desk of everything that I took, so I took a ton of stuff. But uh, that one, my wife and, uh, and my um, and my two kids were there. She was crewing with with my oldest daughter and and our second born, who was basically a newborn at that point. But uh, there was lots of crew stations at that one, and the city itself. She was able to get around to the different spots, so it wasn't too bad in terms of um, nutrition and, and crew points. I could see there was lots of, uh, but I'm not very specific in terms of nutrition. So I basically went off the tables yeah. um, uh, in terms of prep of drop bags. I didn't have a drop bag cause my wife was there helping crew. So she sort of had a mobile drop bag when we, when we met up Yeah, and then um but yeah, in terms of the training, I'm not a huge mileage guy in terms of training. Um, uh, for the last like three years, I've been sort of 50 to 60 miles an, a week average, which okay. um, for our audience here at Ultra Runners, that's probably not huge. Um, but I do love uh, love to race. <laughs> so my training weeks uh, are often one training week, one racing week, one training week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so in my prep for this 100 miler which is in june of 2017 in uh, april and may i did three weekends of back-to-back races 50k 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 all in a row to see if i could uh that was that was my 
I don't know. That was my personal thought is if I can handle these three back to back to back, I might be able to do a hundred miler. And so that's what I did. Uh, and it happened to work out and I finished all three of those races and uh, still felt okay. So I was uh, use those as my prep to um, lead into the hundred miler in June. Hey guys, we're going to take a quick break just to tell you about, uh, we talked about Runner's World. They're supporting the podcast. Awesome people there. So you need to check out www.runnersworldtulsa.com for their store. But also, you click on their races there. They've got a bunch of races going on this year um, from all kinds of distances. You know, 5Ks, 10Ks, uh, and even some duathlons and also ultras. So, uh, man, please check that out. Uh, Tulsa is a great area to come and race if you're not from the area. Uh, we've got a lot of great ultras around here. Um, and just real quick, on March uh, 13th, we've got the St. Patrick's Day 5K and One Mile Fun Run. Proceeds benefit the Special Olympics in Oklahoma and Tulsa Running Club. There's door prizes and it's St. Patrick's Day, man. So you come out, wear green, and just have a blast, you know, I don't know, Talk like you're Irish or something. And then uh, March 21st, uh, the Tat Chris Brown Tulsa Duathlon. It's a 5K road run, 25K road bike, and then another 5K road run. It's in Mohawk Park in Tulsa. Uh, uh, what I'm hearing is the running is flat and fast there, and the bike is relatively flat with some rolling hills. So, uh, man, kick off your, I guess, uh, it's, this is a kickoff to the tri-season. You, you do two of them, and then you come back and do three of them later. Uh, I don't know. I don't ride the bike, but, man, um, you know, if, that, if that's your thing, you like doing that, man, come on. Uh, the folks at Runner's World, they will take care of you all right let's get back to trevor well so for your first your first hundred miler you 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 do it you you get it done what what were how did how did you feel after and what were your um i don't know what were your takeaways from it what some things that you you learn you're like "Ah, i gotta do this different next time or or you know or just just yeah How, how did it work for you so um as i mentioned it was their inaugural 100 miler for these guys so i think there was only 16 of us that signed up for the 100 so it was a very small event um, right off the bat, I learned that, uh, you get what the course gives you started raining, um, one hour into the race. Um, I finished that race at just over 24 hours. So basically my goal is 24 hours for whatever reason. I like round numbers. Yeah. Um, I remember that, but I think it was raining for like 20 or 21 of those 24 <laughs> hours. Nice. So that's not something you plan on. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, showers were in the forecast, but um, I was basically soaked the entire time. Oh, man. So, I mean, you you take what the day gives you. Yeah. Um, in terms of uh, the rest of the lessons, I don't think I really – I was just determined to finish that first 100. I didn't really ever see a quitting that. I was just there for the adventure, and mm. and, and the day presented it that way. Yeah. Everything hurt. I had some low points, but uh, I just wanted to get it done, and uh, I did. Nice, nice. So, um, so you you got the hundred done, and you know a lot of people. I, I've heard this before. A lot of people were like, oh, one, "Oh, one and done. I'm doing a hundred, and that's it." You know. Um, and then I, I've been in there before when I've when I've done like this is stupid. I'm not doing this again. And 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 then and then now you're. You know, I don't know how many hundreds and and into this. So evidently, whatever whatever it was, it didn't beat you up bad enough to to drive you away. And and looks like it fueled the fire even more. 
Yeah, no, um, starting in my mid thirties, I think, uh, speed was always sort of gone out the window. I didn't yeah. run as a kid as, as we discussed earlier. So I've never been super fast, but, uh, so I think, you know, and your mid thirties to forties, um, this is where a lot of the endurance quote unquote peak is for a lot of people. So I think I timed it right in terms of that and something about that hundred mile distance just spoke to me because I, I really enjoyed being out there for the more than three, four hours. Cause um, those 50 Ks would take four or five hours that are really hard to run. And you're sort of more or less marathon effort. Redlining the whole time is, uh, is really hard. I prefer the uh, long, slow stuff where you can power hike and walk and, you know, even sit down and enjoy some food sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) That, 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 That seems to be more my speed and, so I think it's just more my uh, my calling and where I came into the sport. Well, you just you just said your calling because the, I, I've had races. I've had you know we've all had those lows in races, man, where we're we're down and just uh, everything just sucks. And and I've asked myself multiple times during a race, like why why am I doing this, you know? And 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 this is so stupid. I, I probably should just quit. I probably should just quit running, you know. Um, <laughs> What 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 is it that keeps bringing you you back? Like what do you think it? I don't, I, I don't know. You, uh, you said something about midlife, early midlife crisis or something. But but what is it that that drives you? Like what you know to, to keep signing up? And I mean, you know, looking at your ultra sign up, I see all that's there, and I see you know you've got more you're signed up for, you know, and I've got the <laughs> same thing. So what is it, man? What is it that 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 just brings us coming back? You know, what is it? No, well. Initially, it was that uh, just that spark to get back in shape and be more more of a, a present person for my family and my and my then my small kids. Yeah. And over the years, that sort of evolved into the fact that now I have four daughters looking up to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to set an example for them. Mm-hmm. I don't mean that they need to run or they need to do anything, but by me doing something hard or something that I can put my mind to yeah, by running for a day. And, um, they've seen it where, yeah, it looks hard. Oh, daddy doesn't look so good right now, but <laughs> I, I still finish and I come home with that medal and, or they're at the finish line and they see that medal with me. And, and um, that's a huge driving factor now. Um, it's just setting an example in terms of, um, that for my kids, you know, it yeah. doesn't have to be running like you said, but just that long-term goal versus the instant gratification that uh, probably the whole next generation might have a fighting chance to to grapple with. Yeah, yeah, I I, I love that man, and that's that's one of the things when I get to speak with um with with kids or uh, other sports teams, even like I, I spoke to. Our, football team before and that's that's kind of the that's the message i preach man like you know we can do hard things you know and and when your kids see you coming in after a you know a hard run uh, you know they see the grind you know and then and then the race you know they know it what it takes to family beautiful family man um and and uh you got four girls man i i uh that's um that's something uh that that you're still smiling that's good <laughs> yeah yeah, it's uh, I'm severely outnumbered, but um, so far we're making it. <laughs> that's, that's why you run a lot, man. You, I gotta go. 
<laughs> no. Oh. Um, no, man, but that's um, – what are the age – just curious. What are the age ranges right now of your of your daughters? So I got an uh, eight-year-old, uh, one that's turning six this month, and then four and two. So they're basically all two years apart, more or less. Oh, um, wow. So, so I've, I've got um, – yeah, I've got grown daughters and a grown son, and then uh, I've got a stepdaughter that's 13, and then I have a uh, have my, my daughter here. She's she's eight, and so um, uh, I kind of started over, and then you know, I got an eight year old that's at, at my tail end, and you've got one that's at the, at the far front. So, but I tell you, um, speaking from a dad with daughters, man, uh, you know I have a son too, and he's my boy. But uh, those those girls, man, they they mm-hmm. daddy's girls, man. I I I, I love. I love being a, a dad to, to daughters. It's it's this it's nothing. Uh, it's hard to explain to people that that don't live it, you know. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, yeah. Well, well. So, being a family man, you work, um, you know, full time. I assume I assume you went into an office before before COVID, and now you're working from the house, right? Yeah, yeah. No, like I said, we moved here in two thousand end of two thousand seventeen. So I've been in Texas since. Uh, since then, I moved out of the field back in Canada down to an office job in uh, in Texas. Yeah, which was a big driving factor. So that changed our family um, lifestyle. I went from working away for two weeks at a time to being a nine to five office job, more or less. Yeah, um, which was turn, turned upside down again um, <laughs> spring of this year. Yeah. But uh, in 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 terms of my role, I've I would transition into sort of a a portion of the um, the IT department earlier at the end of last year in 2019, okay. and so my current role is um, perfectly suited for remote working and uh, and whatnot. So it wasn't a huge transition, other than the fact that I don't have to commute anymore, yeah. um, don't have to drive anywhere. So I just basically get up and work on my computer, and I can run when I need to and I help see. out the family when I can. So that's been actually a blessing in the uh, in the lockdown p- pandemic um, times. I know yeah. it's very different for lots of people. I'm just grateful to still have work and be able to do this. But yeah, yeah, I had the same same blessing here, being able to just be home with the kids and uh, you know, and 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 work from home because I be in IT. You know, you, you can do I can do a lot of the things here. You know. So, um, yeah, I, I, I kind of enjoyed, I enjoyed that portion of it. It was weird, but it was good. (laughs) So how do you, I mean, in, in, in just normal data, even, well, even now, you know, with all the racing that, that you do, um, you know, how do you balance your, your family life in, in, uh, and the running and training and racing? Because, um, you know, all of us, we struggle, uh, you know, you, we want to be good dads, we want to be good husbands and, uh, but we also want to, want to be good at what we're doing. And so, so it's a, I don't know, do you feel it's a tug of war sometime? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's one giant pie and there's, you can't, there's only so many slices per se, right? To yeah, use yeah. that sort of analogy, you can't just make another pie. There's yeah. only one. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's hard at times. Uh, luckily, I have huge support from my wife, and uh, she's a uh, she's a stay-at-home mom, which is um, enables me to do what I, which enables me to do what I can, which is which is huge, and we've made it work that way. Um, so for the most part, there's the balance of the the family and the work that way. 
Um, in terms of training, I'm uh, not much of a morning runner. Okay. I get up and I, uh, I'm an early morning worker, so I get up and work early, and then I sort of okay. leave work earlier than most. I, you know, sort of cut out early afternoon, 3, 4 p.m., opposed to the, uh, of course, now with remote working, it's all different anyway. But um, yeah, yeah. so I, I'd often come home and have dinner with the family and then go running in the evening, um, mm-hmm. sort of by myself that way, and then come back and spend time with the wife after the kids are asleep. So yeah, it's not perfect. It's not ideal, but it works for us. Um, and then just on the weekends, my wife allows me to get out when I can. And of course yeah. the racing, I just uh, fit it in. Yeah. And uh, most, like I said, most often, right, unfortunately right now, well, right now with the pandemic or my family hasn't been able to been to any races. Yeah since like January. So, um, <laughs> just yeah. been solo efforts and, yeah. um, that's just, uh, I've just gotten used to it that way. So, yeah. And then I just, uh, call the family or can't wait to come home and kids are always excited to see the medal for finishing. So <laughs> that's, that's cool. I mean, it, it's awesome that, you know, that, that even, even if they can't be there, they celebrate with you, you know, that's, that's, that's a, you know, cool part about family if they're not there physically they're still there you know with you do you find do you find that i don't know training and racing um because it's become such a part of 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 of, you know what you do and and i don't want to i hate to say your identity because you know we're it's something we do and it's not who we are but you find it i mean i feel like i'm a i'm a better person a better a better husband better father when i when i'm doing these things not only not only as an example but just just in how I carry myself and who, who I am, do you find that, you know, cause, and you haven't been doing it, you know, that long. H- have you noticed any change in yourself since you started doing these things? Um, I would say yes. Um, I'm not sure that I would notice the change myself being yeah. it so gradual over the last few years, but, um, yeah. you know, you ask my wife and my family and they'll definitely say I'm, I'm probably happier after I come back from a run. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you often hear that from people, right? That uh, yeah, run off the crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. But but it's it's kind of true. I mean, there's you know, my wife has her own passions. When she's able to take her time and get her stuff done, you know, same thing. She feels the same satisfaction after coming back from that. And I think just for me, running's become that. Yeah. Um, you know, when I was growing up, I think. Uh, golf was that for me I, I i golfed every day when i could in the summers yeah um and uh now now down here i run in basically every day so um yeah it's just it is part of my lifestyle i don't feel like i need to do it but i i, I love to do it and i want to do it and yeah with the with the races as my as my long-term goals some of them that uh just keeps me driving for when when i don't want to get out the door yeah. You, you know, you just got to drag your feet and get out there, at least shuffle some, some miles. And then lo and behold, you always smile at the end of it anyway, whether it, uh, yeah. you didn't want to start or not that day and, get, um, get through the first little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What? No one ever, no one wants to go for every run, but yeah. every run you go to, everyone always happy by the, by the end of it, it seems like. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, think think about this, man. I, and I know because because you know we're kind of in the in the culture. We're always racing, and and um, I mean, I get this every now and then when you know where I work, somebody will come in, and you know we have a meeting, and they'll be like, "Hey, this guy, this guy, this guy ran 200 miles, you know, and around Lake Tahoe," and and they're like, "What?" And we forget, you know, people look at us like we got two heads or something. But but think about this. You went from a guy who golfed a lot, you know, and and now since then, I mean. You've run all these races, and you're 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 the guy that's run 200 200 mile races, you know. And and so I don't know. Even even if you don't think about that, I think there's still there should I don't know a sense of accomplishment. Like I you know hey I, I worked hard, and I, I I mean how many people have done that, you know, <laughs> you know. And 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 it's something you've you've worked toward and and earned. I mean you don't you don't do these things just willy nilly, you know, even if you're racing every weekend to, to, to train or whatever, you know, you're putting in the work and, and you're doing it. Um, so you're, you're that guy, you know, it's kind of, kind of a, kind of a cool thing that, you know, not to, we don't want to get cocky about it, but you know, it's, it's a, it's just a f- self gratification and, and fulfillment, you know? Yeah, no, I, uh, I agree. I, I keep all my buckles in a, in a case. I can, uh, I can see yours in the background. Um, <laughs> my, my dad built me a case for my buckles too. I have a similar thing, uh, out in my garage. I, you know, I take pride in, in what I have accomplished so far for sure. Yeah. I think that, um, yeah, sometimes we lose sight of that, especially with our own community because yeah. we get desensitized from the distances and the numbers Cause yeah, everyone's done something and everyone's always done something bigger and longer or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, it's, yeah. um, I guess, uh, internally in the trail community, it's not so much, uh, like you said, it's somewhat lost, but then when you talk to someone else, it's the complete opposite. They just think you're way out there and crazy or <laughs> they, yeah. they can't comprehend it. So it's like two opposites almost. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and it, you know, it's yeah, it is funny because in, in our community, you got people like Walter Hanloser who runs, you know, fifty hundreds in a year, and you and you you yeah, okay, I'm normal, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh man. Uh, yeah. Well, no, I, quick quick story about Walter. Funny yeah, story yeah, about ahead. Walter. So in 2017, when I was training for that um, that first hundred miler, when I said I did yeah. those three 50ks back to back to back. Yeah. I was we were on vacation with my wife down in California visiting her family. And I joined up randomly with this, um, this trail group going for a long run that weekend. Okay. It was in, uh, loss, uh, loss. Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember the exact town, but it's, uh, just North of, um, central California on the coast. And I joined up with this group randomly. I found them on the internet and they said they were going for this long run. Um, cause I was looking for parks to go and I saw them post about this, uh, 20 mile they were going on. So I joined this group and, uh, I met Walter there. Oh. Um, and I didn't even know who he was until, uh, last year when he started getting his fame for, uh, for his journey that he eventually went on, um, last year obviously crushing the uh the record running all 50 but i didn't know who it was at the time i just remembered the name um hearing him on a podcast and then i looked him back up and i was like yeah that was him i met him before he was quote unquote famous <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what that's cool I, I met walter at uh doing tahoe and we were just talking and he you know you got a lot of time to talk when you're running around tahoe and uh yeah. he was telling me about you know he wasn't saying a whole lot about it but he's like 
telling me about his plan to do that. And uh, I was like, all right, all right, whatever, man. And then <laughs> met up, met up at races cause he's racing every weekend. So you're bound to meet up with him somewhere, you know? Yeah. I, th- I think I ran with him three different times last year. Okay. In, yeah. Uh, various events. <laughs> so yeah, if, if you run, have run with Walter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, and if you run a lot, like you said, yeah, you'll run into him. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, so I, I want to get into to the two hundreds, but I want to, oh, man, I, this, you got so many races on here, but, but I want to talk to one, another one that's, that this one's close to my heart and you, you just did it recently. Um, so my first ultra was in 2013. It was the Cajun coyote, you know, from uh-huh. South Louisiana and it was on in at Chico state park. And it was basically the same loop. Um, you know, that it is, it was the same loop and I trained on that. I've run, I can't tell you how many times I've run around that loop. You know, it's about 45 minutes from where I lived in Lafayette. And so that was my weekends, man. Uh, Saturdays I'd double loop it. I'd, I'd get out there and, 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 you know, before I did my first hundred on that trail. So I, that's, that's my, like that trails in my heart. The people that put on the race, Edie, and the, that's that's my that's my people, that's my friends, you know, the 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 mud and guts group, and so I saw you got to go do uh, the Lugaru this year, yeah. and uh, so I, I just want to hear, I, y'all didn't get to do the whole loop because of the storms, and there was some, they, they they even had some people quarantined at one time at the around the mile eight area or something, but um, what were, how did tell me tell me how you liked uh you know running in South Louisiana? What did you think about the race, man? Yeah, no, it was, um, so originally I was signed up for Brazos Band, which, you know, those two races are almost on the same weekend or sometimes back to back. Yeah. Um, so I had Luke Guru on my radar the last couple of years being down here as one of the ones I w- eventually wanted to do, but it was on the exact same day this year as Brazos Bend. Okay. Um, Brazos Bend being, um, well, it's the national championship now. It was supposed to have 900 people. So that one was canceled due to, uh, precautions, right? Yeah. Um, and so I saw Luke Guru was still on. Um, and I looked it up and there was like 50 people. So I was like, well, I might be able to do that and feel safe about it and discuss it with the family. And, and so same thing. I traveled out there by myself, not really knowing anything about the, the course other than the few pictures that are on the internet. And, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just always ready to run. So I just, uh, you know, I was yeah, ready yeah. to run a hundred for Brazos Bend anyway. So I was, um, I was like, all right there's a great chance to run another hundred and in a small, small environment, not a ton of people and still be able to stay safe with uh, masks, uh, COVID protocols and all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I went out there, I just assumed it'd be a flat run around the way. I saw the map, right. And I was like, yeah. oh, just probably a nice flat scenic loop around, the, around the lake. But I couldn't believe how much climbing was actually out there because uh, I didn't do any scouting. And same thing, I drove there the day before and then just <laughs> just started running. Yeah. Not, no long climbs or anything, but it's just basically short, clop, choppy climbs the entire time around the, around this lake. And yeah, unfortunately, it's supposed to be a full 20-mile loop, like you said. But this year, um, they had portion of the trail closed, so it was basically we did like 11 miles out and back to make up the full distance, but. Still all on single track, very scenic. Got yeah. to run on some cool barred walks across the swamps, and yeah, yeah, no, it was a uh, very scenic. Of what I imagine South Louisiana would be like. Um, I just didn't imagine there'd be so much climbing. Yeah, not that I've, that um, bothers me. It's just uh, I was pleasantly surprised, and yeah, it was great. 
Yeah, a lot of lot of lot of roots. Um, and so uh, Mark Mark Hammond, uh, he he ran the the race the first year. They it was as Lugaru, and he was he was kind of the same way. Like, oh well, man, that was. You know, of course, he crushed it. You know, fourteen and a half hours or something like that. You know, he he, he absolutely crushed it. But um, so the route you guys took is um, we we called that. And I don't. It's not. We called it the the, the easy route because it's a little bit flatter going out. But the first four miles going the other way, that that has a lot of up and down, and um, you know, and there's but there's there's some. It's it's beautiful. It's it's a very Louisiana trail. And uh, I have to ask, did you get to eat? Um, did you get to eat some gumbo or some boudin or or some good Cajun food while you were there? Did you did you get, I did. get to partake? <laughs> Yeah, they had, they put some on at the uh, the end there. I didn't have any um, anything unusual during the race, uh, just the okay, usual yeah, yeah, yeah. food. But at the end, they had a big um, big uh, soup and uh, gumbo stuff set out for everyone to to go help yourself and stuff. So nice. I did enjoy a nice warm bowl of that after it was a cooler December day. So nice, um, that was nice and spicy and warm. It was delicious at the end for nice, sure. Nice. Yeah. And, and, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Good. Uh, I think most people that go down there, they, they, you know, feel uh, taken care of. And they, even, even in COVID, I, I think, I, I don't know, have you found most of the races that you've done this year uh, that have had uh, protocols in place? Did you feel safe at, at most of them that you've done? Uh, yeah. So I've done, I think th- three, maybe four. So like Silver Hills was that first one. And then uh, yeah. I did a couple with, um, trail racing over texas between then and then loop grew um so i guess i've done four in the full-on protocol world that we live in right now yeah and for the most part i mean this is echoed in all podcasts and talks you've heard before but i mean trail racing is a naturally so social distancing sport already yeah the only difference is everyone's either starting in small waves opposed to a mass start mass start being you know (laughs) 100 people or whatever to start with not nothing like uh, other sports but and then you know just being courteous and making sure you're pulling up your mask when you're passing people i think i'd say 90 percent of the people i've run with in these races so far they either pull up their mask or they get off to the side and let you buy they're courteous that way so i think it's overall i think it's great in, in the trail community and then of course the aid stations I think a lot of uh, good has come out of it. We've lost a lot of the community bulls, which are probably a a good thing. <laughs> probably good um, anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And all, there might be some downside right now of uh, single serving and a lot of trash and maybe some extra cups right now, but I think that'll get worked through. Yeah. Um, I know uh, trail racing over Texas that I run with here all the time is um, is going cupless. They've been cupless, but they've always had cups there. Um, they encourage people to bring their own containers. Um, they're actually starting to sell them and give them out now at some of the races. So I think that's a trend we'll see Yeah. <laughs> probably on the good side coming out of it. But um, yeah, for the most part, I think uh, less contact with the aid station. And, and overall, I think just um, everyone knows the rules and know what has to be done to make racing work right now. And so I think everyone's being respectful of yeah. of that. Yeah, I, th- I think we're just so thankful to be to be racing. I um, and you should put this one on your list. The uh, uh, P- Pumpkin Holler uh, 100. I I helped uh, at an aid station for Pumpkin Holler, and um, you know, so I was on the other end of the protocols. And uh, you know, I think everyone felt felt 
fine, you know, masked up and, and, and just, just careful. And, uh, you know, we didn't have any issues. And, uh, um, so I, I you know, I'm, go- I'm thankful that we, we were able to move forward with some, but I'm, you know, looking forward to where we can still have maybe our, you know, still our community time before and after the, the, the you know, it's yeah. fun to hang out with, with people mm-hmm. and, um, see, see people you hadn't seen around and actually get to, I don't know, do more than a elbow bump or fist bump, you know, give him a hug or something, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of the, the trail community is missing that. And, and yeah, that's a, a lot of the local events are, are missing out on that, but, um, it'll come back eventually. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get there. Well, so you, you, uh, you've done all these amazing races and, uh, I have to, I, I, you, I don't want to say graduated, but what, what made you after doing the hundreds and, um, decide like, Oh, it's a 200 mile race. I'm going to do that. Um, so, so what, you know, what sparked that and, and, uh, tell me about it, man. So, yeah. So my first 200 was in, uh, 2019, um, in uh, February of 2019. So 2018, I was, uh, was my first full year in Texas. Um, okay. and it was, it was a trot ambassador. So trail racing over Texas. They're one of the larger trail racing companies in the U S um, yeah. based in Texas here. And as an ambassador for them, so I run a lot of their races and, um, I heard rumors of, uh, this big race coming out in February of 2019. And, uh, he told us that, uh, you know, it used to be the Lone Star 100 run out there in the um, El Paso, Franklin Mountains, uh, very rugged terrain. And uh, he was going to attempt to put on a 200 miler, a, a one and only time. <laughs> and so uh, I, I just as soon as I heard that, I was like, I got to go. <laughs> uh, and I think actually, I think. Um, so Trot does two events in in El Paso. Well, they did. Um, so in two, in November they always had the uh, traditional Franklin's Trail Mountain Run, which used to be a Sky Race series. It's a burly 55k um, that goes up and down there. So I ran that at the end of 2018, and I think as soon as I was done with that, I was like, yeah, I got to come back here in February and run 200 miles here instead. Oh man! So that so that was the draw, and then um, and then yeah, ever so that that was just uh, it just drew me there. That's still one of my favorite places to run. Um, I guess growing up near the Rockies, El Paso yeah. being the very southern tip of the Rockies, it uh, it just uh, called me there. <laughs> nice. Well, well, you you placed you placed third, so like you, I mean, you 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 did something right. How did um, how, what was your, I don't know, what was your impression of it, and how did you do things differently from hundred mile racing, you know? And uh, yeah, that's a tough one because uh, so I'm just, uh, I have to look. I can't even remember how many ultras I did before that, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I had a lot of ultras under my belt at this point. Yeah. Um, but in terms of, um, so this, so the Franklin's 200 in 2019 was my 35th ultra, so basically halfway, halfway to where I am now. <laughs> um, so I'd done a bunch of hundreds before that. I felt comfortable with hundred mile distance. Yeah. Um, you know, I know what that feels like. It hurts, but it's fun. I know how to get through it. Yeah. Um, and the 200 was just the next step where it's like, I don't know. 
let's see. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> the next, the next, the next challenge. And I knew how hard um, the Franklin Mountains is out there. Um, it's it, it's a trail race, but it's basically a race where if you look up, you're going to trip and fall. Um, the rocks are pointy and sharp. So you basically spend the entire time staring six to 10 feet in front of you, making sure you're not tripping. Oh. Uh, but you get to stop on top of the mountains and take in the, the gorgeous views. But uh, yeah, I know it's a very technical, challenging race. And I just wanted to see if I could do it. Um, so I went to that, that first one and, and lined up with a couple stellar people. And I tried to chase uh, Mr. Barkley and, 15 around the, the course for two and a half days. Um, didn't, didn't quite keep up with him for the, but I, I kept him in check a little bit, I think. Um, nice. uh, he, he gave me a shout out in his race report, but, uh, Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I, I ran side by side with him for the first 14 miles. And then, uh, then he decided to show me how to climb and left me in the dust. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, well, how did you, how that's, did you, uh, John, did you see John Kelly for anyone who doesn't yeah, get yeah. that reference. Did, did you, um, okay. Did you sleep during that, during the race? Did you sleep during the 200? I did. So okay. the first one, uh, I'd have to look at my details, but I think it was about, uh, it was either two and a half or three hours. Was, total. Was it, was it planned uh, sleep? I planned to sleep, but <laughs> the sleep I did was not like scheduled. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. So I, I just went as long. It was a, it's it's a looped course. Um, uh, you do this little mini out and back up and down the mountain, then you do five giant loops around the mountain. Okay. Um, so you come back to this home base with a with a sleep camp that they had okay. set up. So so every time I came there, I sort of assessed um, when I needed sleep and. I think I made it through the first hundred and then, you know, cause I've, like I said, I've done a bunch of hundreds, so I knew Yeah. Wh when I usually get sleepy, you know, that four or five in the morning, like most people. And then if you get to sunrise, you're okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Often. So uh, I think uh, that's exactly what happened. I made that first full day and then, then I took like um, a 30 minute power nap, I think, and made, made it another full day or so. And then I had to sleep again and I think I slept another hour and a bit so i think it was two it was broken into two segments but i did about two and a half hours total okay did you um now that's pretty good with the loop course that one of the things i discovered when i did uh, the tahoe 200 for the first time is i ended up holding off sleep like too long um and you know there were big gaps where to get to an, an aid station that i could sleep so i anyway i ended yeah. up w wasting time you know stumbling through the trail trying to stay awake or, or taking a little short trail nap just to get me to the next aid station or something you know um did you when you into your second 200 or did, was there anything like that that you say i need to do it a little differently or because of the loop courses you were able to pretty pretty evaluate pretty well whether you needed to sleep and you felt comfortable with that sleep strategy for it yeah so the first one um the first one went fairly well in terms of that yeah. Um, in 2019, and then my second 200, as you alluded to, was the same course um, that uh, he said he was only going to put on once, but uh, it came back for a second year. Um, so uh, the Franklin's 200 in 2020 um, um, was put on again, and I thought I could basically get away with the exact same thing, minimal sleep, but... Um, 
Yeah, what you're alluding to is uh, you never know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I did. Uh, I don't even think I made it as far as I did the first time before I I felt the the sleepies come on and I I, but I I was smart about it and I actually slept mm. uh, initially. So I slept long before that I thought I would, but yeah. uh, it probably helped me in the end. But then I had another long session at the end, and I do remember my second 200. There was a there was a long section in the the second night where I was basically sleepwalking, did lie down a couple times to yeah. <laughs> attempt to sleep, but it was so windy and chilly on the mountain there that uh, just sort of shivered on the trail for about five <laughs> minutes before you had to get up and keep moving anyway. Yeah, yeah, or free, yeah, free. I hate that feeling. Yeah, I was there. I was, I was there. You know, like I need, really need to sleep, but boy, it's cold up here. You know, <laughs> yeah. too tired to run, too cold to sleep. Sort of yeah, caught in yeah. that uh, oh, limbo. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you did, I, I didn't realize, uh, cause I, I see that, uh, the second one I saw it, it was called the Lone Star, you know, 200 on the, so it was, yeah. I didn't realize it was the same exact same course. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause, uh, since then that was the last year for the Lone Star 100. Okay. That same year. Um, it was all lumped together. So it was put on the same time, but it was, uh, the year before too, but, um, gotcha. yeah, just for whatever reason on ultra sign, if it was separate in 19, but it's the same one in 2020. Gotcha. So, so now that you've got two, 200 milers under your belt, you've got, do you know, do you even know how many hundred milers you've done? Uh, I've, <laughs> I've, I've done a total of 20 plus. Okay. 20, 100 milers or plus. Okay. So gotcha. that means two of them are two hundreds. Yeah. Um, so 18, 100 mile plus. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, but two of those are DNFs. Okay. Um, I've completed 1600 miles or more. Okay. And two two hundreds. Okay, so do you do you do you see some more two hundred milers in your future? I mean, because they're starting to pop up everywhere. There's you know there's there's Candace's Triple Crown, and then she's got another a fourth one, Orcas Island, that's come that's out, and um and then they're they're just popping up. So I don't know. You think that's 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 something you're gonna do uh, a few more of? Um, absolutely. Um, <laughs> If, if time and family and work yeah. and all that stuff lines up, um, just takes a little more foresight and planning. But um, yes, I'm definitely into those long distances. The 100, I love running 100, something about yeah. running one full day. Yeah. Um, like I said, I think it's just the timing of when I fall into the sport. Uh, and of course, my two 200s I've done decently well at. Um, and I think I can still do better. So I want to explore that and just have fun doing it yeah um it's a much bigger puzzle but uh i am currently signed up for two of them in 2021 okay um not not 200s but 200 pluses oh um, okay which which ones can you can you can you i didn't see them on here which ones are, are you doing so in february um trail racing over texas is putting on a uh a one-time event to fill the gap that was the Franklin's. Okay. Um, they're putting on uh, Tour de los Tejas. Okay. Um, a 300K and a 600K option. Um, sort of a journey run type style around central and southeast Texas. Um, nice. So I am signed up for that. Which distance? Um, the, <laughs> the 600? Six, 600k which i think uh they just released the gps maps i think it's like 382 miles or something by the by the gpx 
Nice. <laughs> so I'm basically going to spend a, a week running around Texas. Wow. Okay. All right. I'm going to have to look that one up, man. I hadn't even heard of that one. That's that's a new one on me. All right. And what's yeah. the other one, man? And then, so the uh, Cocodona 250. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's uh, Era Viper's uh, inaugural event into this uh, distance jump. They're doing a... Um, a point to point in uh, Arizona. So that one's not officially confirmed yet. I'm on the um, wait list, but I'm, I can't remember what number I am, but they said everyone, like they stopped registration. So everyone that's on hold, as soon as they get their permits in the okay, um, then they, then they'll take your money and say, yeah, you're in. <laughs> so as long as, and I think that one's in May. Yeah. Um, and that one's that two, one. 250. Yeah, I remember when they advertised that one. I was like, "Oh, that looks good too." I don't know. They had so many, so many good races, man. It's like, yeah. And the re- same thing. I saw that one, and I, I just signed up because they didn't take payment right away. So I can yeah. still, once they say, "Do you want in?" I can still say no and just cancel out of it with uh, no financial penalty or anything. So. Yeah. Nice. Well, man, might might have to get you back on after some of those because I, I want to hear, you know, I want to hear about a lot of these other races that are that are happening. And so all the other races you've done. OK, I, I got to ask it. It's a cheesy question, but I don't know what's what's been which one has been your favorite of 100, 100 miles or more. Which one's just kind of been you just you loved it. So probably my favorite hundred plus would probably have to be the Franklins. I don't know why I just like running out in the Rockies. Yeah. Probably I've done it a few times and it's a long way. It was away from me now. <laughs> yeah. So every time I get out there, it's unique. Um, one of the other ones that jumps out to me is um, I did uh, uh, old Cascadia 100, which mm. was in Oregon. Mm. And uh, unfortunately they're not doing it moving forward. Apparently they replaced it with a different one, but it was this gorgeous 50 mile lollipop loop and, um, in the middle of the Pacific Northwest. Um, it was just amazing. I'd, I haven't been in the Northwest very much, and I got out there, and I just loved it. It was running in mountains. And it was um, it was something really – it was a first-time event that I – I went there the first year, and it was like 26, 27,000 feet of gain and 100 miles. It's very up and down the mountains and out in the green Pacific Northwest. It was just very scenic and – it was perfect. Man, <laughs> Just being out there for that long. Yeah, Lovely. I have. I, that's another area I haven't been able to explore, and um, so I, I'm excited to to get out in that area, man. And and same thing. Just experience it. It's, it looks so beautiful. I don't. I don't even know that the, the videos do it justice from what I've heard. <laughs> yeah, that's why another one that. Uh, yeah, that's why Bigfoot speaks to me too. Being in the the Cascade yeah. area, it's uh, you know, gorgeous out there. Yeah, well, I'll dive into it head first, man. It would be beautifully painful. <laughs> oh, man. Well, um, man, so um, – and I guess uh, – I mean, you, you just – I mean, you're like the rest of us. You plan on just continuing do this as long – you know, as long as your body will hold up, as long as you keep doing it, as long as you can. <laughs> yeah, like like I said, I'm sort of low mileage considered to most ultra runners, but uh, lately this uh, last year I've been – ramping up uh big time in anticipation for uh well what was going to be uh, july this year but everything got canceled so now it's february now i yeah. got this giant 
race. So I've been building my mileage up in the, in the pandemic a little bit, but um, yeah, no, I just, I love racing. Um, and so, you know, I'll, I'll just run when I can. And then uh, as soon as I find a race to hop into or somewhere new to explore, I'll keep doing that. As long as family life and work life allows me, I think I'll, uh, I'll continue forward. I don't see any reason to stop. Um, have you dealt with any uh, injuries, uh, you know, in your in your running career in the last few years? No, uh, never. Um, I don't That's even great. think I've twisted an ankle a couple times, but never enough to, like, stop me from running, you know, just minor twists on the trail. Um, no, That's I don't a- even think of it. That's a yeah, blessing, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I trip and fall a few times like everyone, but uh, I've never never broken any bones or, or any foot problems or anything crazy like that. And I think I've kept my training in check for the most part where I don't have any overtraining or anything crazy like that. So, Yeah. Well, um, and um, I, the other question I like to ask a lot of people is if you could, if you could pick one race that you, that you, just want to do like if you know all the races that i know you we've got a million of them that we want to do but like if you could just pick that one that you like if you could say you can do any one of them this year you know what, what would it be uh probably utmb okay yeah i really want to like utmb or, or western states or something yeah 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 no i really want to get over to to europe and explore some of the, the alps and stuff over there just seeing all the videos and yeah. like you said probably doesn't do it justice so I've never been over to Europe except for like traveling through it. So never like stop and visit it anywhere. So I'd love to get over there and explore that. Yeah, same. I, I was just watching Billy, Billy Yang's latest uh, video on uh, um, uh, Zach. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And his, um, you know, they showed some of the footage out there. Uh, yeah. It just, it, <laughs> it calls, man. It's, it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, so what equipment are you using, man? What, 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 uh, what shoes are you, are you tramping around the Franklin's? <laughs> what are you wearing? So for shoes, I'm, uh, I sort of alternate back and forth between, uh, ultras and, uh, Hoka's. Okay. Um, not affiliated with anyone right now. Um, yeah. I used to run in Hoka, um, sort of, sorry, ultras all the time, um, um, I like the cushion for the, uh, of the Hoka's and I, lo- I love the shoe box of the ultras. So depending yeah. on the, depending on the day, I, I sort of flip back, uh, back and forth. I rotate through a bunch of different pairs. Yeah. Nice. Um, it, yeah, I, I, I'm an ultra guy, of course, but, you know, cause I'm, I'm yeah. on the red, you see, you know, you see it behind me, the red team band or whatever. So, yeah. um, but, but yeah, uh, I, I believe in, in, uh, even just when I'm doing road running for training, rotating my shoes a lot. And, uh, so I'm rotating even between the different ultra shoes. Um, what are you doing as far as like a uh, pack? What, what kind of pack are you wearing? So, yeah, I've been, um, I've been lucky enough to run on, um, on team trot trail racing over Texas the last, um, three years. And, uh, Nathan has, um, helped out and supported us. So I run with, um, all Nathan hydration gear. Okay. Um, I have a couple different Nathan packs, um, a smaller one for shorter races. And I got a bigger one for the, for the longer races and basically fit anything you want in there. And they fit nice and snug. I love them. And I love their little handhelds for, for even just training runs. I Nathan bottles for everything. Nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, now, what are you doing for uh, for GPS? Kind of watch you carrying around. So I use a um, 
when I first started, like I said, I started with Nike Plus app, carrying my phone yeah. around with me, yeah. <laughs> and then quickly learned that wasn't going to do the trick once I was going to stick with it. And I think my first watch I bought was a Garmin Phoenix 3 for myself for my birthday, and um, I've since graduated to the Phoenix 6, um, and it's a solar edition. It lasts 66 hours. Oh, okay. Um, so it's uh, it's right there with the Suunto. You don't hear it too much, but it's uh, yeah. I guess basically all the watches are like that now these days. But but it it, it was gonna last the entire uh, Franklin's 200 for me. I finished that just under that. So it was so far it's gonna be great. I'll probably have to charge it at least once during my uh, February run. But uh, it records yeah. while you charge, so it's um, can't go wrong with these watches these days. Yeah, man, uh, it's amazing it, between Coro, Sun Two, all, all, and, and Garmin uh, yeah. technology, man. Uh, it won't be long before we just, you know, we just won't have to worry about any of that stuff. Just right. throw it in yeah, your hand and go. <laughs> yeah, they're expensive, but if you want to spend the money, I don't think you can. I mean, yeah. they're all more or less the same, so it's whatever brand you um, sort of up want. <laughs> you yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah. Pick your features and go with it. Yeah. So, um, so, uh, what do you do for, uh, uh, headlamp? What are you wearing for lights at night? Um, so right now I just have Nathan headlamps. Okay. Um, I haven't explored the, uh, the waste, uh, lights yet. I've, I've been considering it, but I haven't dove into those, uh, change your life on technical trails, man. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've seen them uh, coming at me in some of the the outback sections where they blind you, sort of like the car light coming at you. So, I think they have their place for sure on on those like two hundreds where you're out there by yourself. And um, so yeah, I might look into that. But right now, I just use a plain old Nathan headlamp. So I usually carry at least two with me. If I'm in the mountains, I'll carry three. <laughs> yeah. So I yeah. always have a backup. That that that's the uh that's the Kogala guys that are blinding you. That's the ones yep. that are that, that's yeah, that's the ones that uh but uh, I use the um the Ultra Spire lumens and you can angle that down and uh and that that does really well. It doesn't blind people. Okay. If you forget to turn it off in the aid station, it's not in people's faces and stuff like that. Um but uh anyway, yeah, yeah. I, I encourage you but like especially since you like those technical trails, no no matter what you try, just it being at the waist level, you can see so much better the the contour of where you're running and um it at it's a, I, a lot of people would say it's a game changer. You know, it just helps you to be able to be that much more nimble at night. Um, put put a Nathan around your waist when you're running to get an idea on it. You know? <laughs> yeah, the only problem is the one light is so small. But yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. Probably would yeah. probably would add some uh, better depth perception for that for sure. It's, Exactly, exactly. So, but uh, and what's the other question I wanted to ask you about gear? I, I you and now you run for you're on Rabbit Team Elite, right? Yeah. So I've uh, I run with uh, Rabbit. If anyone doesn't heard of them, they're fully made in the USA. They're out of uh, California. They're yeah. actually they're actually based in um, where my wife's from in California, and that's how I met them. Um, oh, I ran, randomly walked into a shop where they were first selling their gear in uh, 2017, and I applied to be an ambassador. Um, I was ambassador for a year with them and, uh, I've, and then I was lucky enough to make it onto their, their elite trail team that they started. Um, so I've been on there with rabbit for four years and, uh, I was buying their gear long before I was even on their team. So they make, um, all sorts of jackets and tops and bottoms. Yeah. Their shorts are comfortable, man. Huh? Yeah. 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 No, you can't go wrong. Yeah. Um, are, are, do you do toe socks, man? Or do you do, um, 
so Drymax has supported uh, Team Trot uh, okay. in the last few yeah. years. Good stuff. I used to run in some uh, toe socks prior to that. Yeah. Um, out of ignorance, I never tried anything else. I just thought toe socks were cool when I first started running, and, and they worked <laughs> for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but honestly, ever since I've uh, been in Texas and experienced what real humidity is, um, the Drymax is, uh, is definitely better than uh, the other toe socks I was using before. So, yeah, I use uh, exclusively Drymax dry now. Okay, nice, nice. Um, what, what's your go-to as far as uh, electrolyte mix or, you know, getting your, getting your salts in and stuff? So I don't really have a go-to. Um, I sort of play around with it. Okay. Um, used to use Tailwind a lot when I first started. I still dabble with that. Even now, sometimes I just use Gatorade, or, or honestly, whatever's at the race. As long I, I'm not super picky. So if they have an electrolyte drink and it doesn't taste horrible, <laughs> I use it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, depending on the flavor or whatever. But uh, for the most part, I usually just have like one electrolyte drink in one bottle and just water in the other and sort of sip on both, but, but no heavy preference. So I think that's the, that's a plus and a minus, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good to be adaptable and I'm kind of, I'm similar a little bit. I have, have, I'm toying right now with stuff because I had a disaster at Moab. So uh, (laughs) I'm trying to, uh, trying to fine tune some things and uh, got some, got some cool stuff that's working for me. So I'm going to, Keep keep tweaking that and see what happens. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, do you do you try to drink any calories or just eat? Um, so, for the most part, if it's a hundred kilometers or less, I try and just use uh, liquid nutrition, um, either Tailwind or, or or whatever they have at the race, and then you know, minor food at the, food and fruits. Yeah. And then after that, for hundred milers, basically I just eat anything and everything once i get past that mile 50 mark when uh when the body says keep feeding me looks like this is going to go longer than than 12 yeah. hours or whatever <laughs> yeah do, do you ever have trouble um have you ever had major stomach issues or you've been pretty fortunate not to deal with that uh nothing nothing major a couple of minor things but nothing to speak of so i think i'm pretty lucky in that sense yeah yeah, that's real good, man. Cause uh, yeah, that'll that'll derail you pretty quick, man. You can't get, you can't get calories in, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've never been to the point where it's like stop me because of nutrition. So. Yeah. Slowed down for sure, like everyone, but uh, yeah. it's never stopped me in my tracks yet. Good, good, good. Well, man, um, I I appreciate you taking time to to share part of your journey, and uh, I I'm looking forward to kind of keeping an eye on your ultra sign up and uh, and and watching you on social media, just to see the the races you're doing. And um, you got so many on here. I I wanted to ask you about, but I don't want to take up too much more time. But I maybe we'll visit again, especially after you do the 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 two that are above 200 this year. I would love to hear about those and. Uh, uh, I, I'm going to put links to your uh, your website that you do a good job with your blog, by the way, um, your race reports on your blog. Uh, yeah, so, I, I write race reports for any anytime I do a, a hundred or more. That's sort of yeah. my general rule. Um, nice. So I jot down my thoughts. Those, those are valuable, man, um, for, for people to, you know, somebody going to a race, they can get a good idea. I've, I've, I've read so many of them, um, you know, in the past trying to figure out what a race is about. And, um, so keep doing it, man. Yeah. Keep, you know, that's, 
that's that's good stuff. And uh, I'll, I'll put links to that and put links to your your social media so everybody else can follow along as you're. I don't know. You have a goal, a number of, of ultras you want to be done by the end of 2021, or are you just kind of taking what you can get. Uh, initially, I was going to say let's shoot for 100, see if I can do 30 in a year, but who knows what the year is going to be yeah, like? Yeah, so yeah. no. Yeah. You just, absolutely, yeah, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> take take but, take what you can get and have fun doing it. Huh? Yeah, no, but uh, like I said, I run with trail racing over Texas here in Texas, and they put on uh, I think 21 events this year. So a lot of my a lot of my ultras come with them running locally. It's they're close to around here, three four hour drive. So yeah, I often I, run. I need to get down, uh, and I have—I don't think I've ever run any of the trot races. Uh, I know on the Ultra team, Mark, Mark Hen, he's pretty involved in a lot of the races out there. He's, yeah, yep. him and I have, um, you know, yep. met up a few he's, times. He's one of—he's one of the ambassadors for the last yeah. ever since I've been here, I believe. So, yeah. Yeah, I need to uh, I need to just go ahead and uh, sign up for one of you guys races and, and get out there and because uh, I, I see so much, the community looks pretty amazing, and uh, so just. Just go meet some more trail folks, especially when things start opening up. Uh, I'm I'm gonna do that uh, this year. I kind of I'm kind of locked in on what I'm doing, unless I can throw a tra- maybe I can throw a training race in. <laughs> am I always, I'm, always I'm, room for a training race. I might I might be able to do that one weekend. I, ha- I have some lined up, but uh, some kind of mountain ones. But uh, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look because I, I really I really want to get down there and um and just 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 you know see the community and, and run some races in Texas. So yeah, uh, yeah, Texas out there. Texas got it all. It's got the flat stuff, and to get out to the El Paso, it's got the got the true mountains and everything else in between. So, yeah, nice man. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully our paths will cross physically again, and and we'll know each other, so we can be like, hey, what's up? <laughs> Instead of just yeah, running the same race and be like, oh yeah. <laughs> After For sure. That- yeah well well trevor man thanks for taking the time and uh any any other shout outs you want to give or anything else before we uh before we sign off uh just thank you to uh trail racing over texas and rabbit for supporting me and also uh victory sports design um they make great gear bags they're one of our uh our they help out team trot and i've been on team victory nice. uh check out their bags if you need any sort of drop bag or gear bag okay. um and the only other thing is I got to say thank you to my wife and my kids because without them, I wouldn't uh, still be doing what I'm doing. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's 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 yeah. I, I Same here, man. Same here. Can't, can't do what we do without support of our families. We'd be bad, bad dudes if we did. So <laughs> if we did it without them. Well, man, Trevor, you take care. And I hope the weather there doesn't uh, doesn't get too crazy. Um, and I hope to see you on the trail soon, brother. All right. Sounds good. Thank you very much, David, for inviting me on and happy to share. 